When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, guys? Guy Swan here. Instead of an episode of Bitcoin Audible today, I wanted to share an entirely new idea that I've been cooking up for a while. Now, I know you've heard about DeFi and ICOs and CryptoKitties and governance tokens, and it's almost impossible to navigate the endless sea of nonsense. Like a train wreck, you know it's horrible, but you just can't look away or help but be curious. That is where this show comes in. We are going to get our hands dirty and dig through all the crap and tell you what we find so that you don't have to. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and give feedback on Twitter. Let me know what you think. Should we continue the podcast? Should we do more episodes? What else do you want to hear about? But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Bitcoin maximalists trying to make sense of the sea of shitcoins. This is Shitcoin Insider. We are just running with this right now. This is the first episode of Shitcoin Insider. And uh, welcome to the show. Introduce yourself as a... uh, I guess you could say as uh, much as you want to. <laughs> well, I think uh, a lot of people, well, I don't know about a lot. Some people will know who I am. Others won't. It's fine. Um, I guess we'll leave it a little bit mysterious for now just to keep it. <laughs> keep it on the DL. We'll keep, keep it on the DL. Fun. We just yeah, have yeah, a guest yeah. who knows some stuff about some shit. You have, to, you have to know to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, uh, you know. We've been talking about this for a while, and uh, I have no idea how we're going to make this interesting. <laughs> but DeFi definitely, there's interesting. That's I think that's what I want to talk about most is just DeFi, um, and it, well, mostly just because that's the thing right now. You know, mm-hmm. like if this was 2017, it'd all be about ICOs, right? Um, uh, and there is still a lot of that going on, surprisingly. Um, but uh, it's the what? same with a new rapper. Yeah, Literally. It, it, it really is. Um, uh, and, and on that note, what's your best explanation of what most of these DeFi things are? Before, before, before getting into it, I'll say that I have tried to pick, like, like tried to get people on Twitter to actually kind of break it down, like give me some sort of a solid answer as to what it is. And essentially what I pulled out of a pretty lengthy conversation was that you put like ETH or Bitcoin into a like holding account and then you get some tokens and then you can offer up these tokens. You lock these up into some yielding thing and then you get a different token as a reward. And that that seemed to be the setup and that supposedly somewhere in there was like a 50% or a 100% profit. Um, 
But what is is that even close to right for some of these things? I know it's an ocean. Uh, but what do you? So what can you word, explain? What it is the the the, the easy answer is Ponzinomics. That's the easy answer. <laughs> uh, I call it Ponzinomics. Maybe there's a better word I could use, but so when I say Ponzi, I don't mean in the traditional sense necessarily, but I almost do. Um, it's it's, it's um, a new twist. It's a clever new type of Ponzi, right? Yeah, and I, I mean I hesitate to say Ponzi because I, you know, you, the well, the distinction I always make, like if somebody calls Bitcoin a Ponzi, for example, like, um, you you tell them like, well, you know, so BitConnect was a Ponzi because it was a lie. There was no magical machine generating interest to pay everybody's like forever gains. It was just so you're buying this thing based on a lie, getting this thing, you know, that has promises behind it that are simply objectively not true uh, and the only way that you're going to make money is if other people buy it and then you know so in that sense it's not a ponzi because the machine does what it says it does it just if you understood it better you'd understand it was a stupid machine <laughs> so <laughs> so you're getting what you pay for you're absolutely getting what you pay for it's just but it still has the same uh economic implications as a ponzi where uh like you know if people stop buying it then you'll stop making money and there's really yeah. not any reason why they should keep buying it except that they think they're going to make more money yeah so um and we can get into the, the a little bit more of the guts with that if that if you want um uh essentially like the so uh so defi has been around for a while it's like a couple of years at least um really? I thought but, it was yeah. kind of more of a late 2019 thing, or is it just that no. when it was like getting? Well, no. Tight? So that's when they introduced the newest Ponzinomic concepts that really uh, um, were a catalyst of the new cycle that we're seeing uh, now, and which is already starting to oversaturate a mm-hmm. lot. Um, so it started off um, with the lending platforms and the lending platforms, the lending pools are actually a cool idea and actually probably will continue to be used, you know, forever and not necessarily on Ethereum because Ethereum won't be around probably very long. But um, the concept of being able to loan your loan money to your, or lend money to yourself, like take out a mortgage with no bank is pretty cool. Got to admit, um, as long as it works. So the way that it works uh, usually is um, there's lots of twists on this, but the, 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 the core way that it works is, um, Lenders loan money to a pool and it's like a big, you know, all together in a big pool and a smart contract that by design anyway, and whenever we talk about the design of these things, you know, the actual uh, truth may be different. Like maybe some guy's got a master key somewhere and he can drain the thing. Who knows? You know, oh, yeah. they've always got like these little caveats or whatever, but, but just, so we're talking about the way it's designed in a perfect world, which is, you know, for what, for what it's worth. So um, people put money into a big pool. Um, this big pool regulates itself usually using uh, variations of the Bancor algorithm, um, which is like an automated market maker algorithm. Um, and then uh, other people who want to borrow money or yourself can withdraw from the pool. And based on the uh, difference between supply and demand, people adding to the pool and people taking from the pool, uh, the pool will issue interest rates and the borrowers will pay some amount more than the lenders make into the pool. And that's how the lenders are getting interest 
and the borrowers are getting Jabara. And the borrowers are all collateralized too. So the the, okay, so the borrower has to be collateralized. And mm-hmm. see, this is this is what gets me about this is that like there's huge counterparty risk if somebody can withdraw. So are they withdrawing like like if somebody puts up Bitcoin into this pool, is somebody else withdrawing that Bitcoin? Uh, so it's well, first of all, it's like not real Bitcoin because it's fake. Sure, sure, but that, that's but yeah, but uh. uh but so, yeah, so let's say um, you've got Bitcoin and you want a car, but you don't want to buy a car's worth of, spend a car's worth of Bitcoin because you think Bitcoin's going to double this year. Yeah. All right. Um, so your car costs 30 grand. Um, the pool's going to want you to have like 70 or 80 grand to borrow 30 grand. So mm-hmm. you take, um, let's just say, 80 grand worth of Bitcoin, you put it into uh, a pool to collateralize your account. And now you have like lending power or borrowing power, um, just like with leverage kind of. Um, and so you want uh, USDC so you can go dump on Coinbase and get your car. Okay. So uh, you see that the rate for USDC is, let's say, 12%. All right, cool. And that changes. And there are ways you can get like fixed rates, whatever, but we don't need to get too much into the actual details. So um you're, you're getting into this loan. You're going to pay 12%, whatever it is. And uh, you're going to get out 30,000 USDC. Now, the guy that gives you the 30, there's no one guy that gives you 30,000 USDC. It's a, the pool. The pool gives you 30,000 USDC. And it knows you're good for it because you've got 80 grand worth of Bitcoin in the Bitcoin pool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and you're going to have to pay, you know, on a schedule, just like you would with any other loan. Otherwise, you risk losing your collateral. Um, you essentially get liquidated. Um, and, uh, and in this way, you know, you can go to Coinbase. Now you dump your 30 grand, you get your car and you can pay back 30 grand in USD worth of payments. If Bitcoin triples, doubles, whatever, doesn't matter. Like you still just owe that 30 grand in USDC or plus your 12% or whatever the rate is, it's usually like calculated per block. So in that sense, <clears throat> this little machine actually worked, you know, if the underlying network was, was good, this little concept actually is like uh you know this you couldn't necessarily you couldn't call this a ponzi because there's a guy that wants to borrow money and guys that want to lend money and there's you know real Real interest interest rate sounds like and so and so yeah so you know it's market-based and that would work and that's fine and that's been going on for years but that never exploded because why would it i mean like sure because you have to have a whole lot of collateral and because you know like everybody has to stake like there's there's cost and trade-offs to all of that so yeah um but what made it really explode recently and started this whole cascade of you know basically money looking for quick gains Mm -hmm. um was when one of the most popular lending platforms called compound finance um, decided to add a token to the mix. So before now... It always I mean, starts there, doesn't it? That's <laughs> always where it starts. Um, and, and so Compound said, hey, um, now, you know, we get this popular platform and it's making all you guys all this money, but we want some money, so let's make a token out of thin air to, for this thing that's already working. Um, and uh, essentially, when the when you know Compound was very popular, it had hundreds of millions of dollars in it, you know, being lent and loaned, um, or sorry, lent and borrowed, or whatever. 
Uh, and um, and so like a lot of people were bullish on it and wanted to hold a piece of it, so to speak. And especially like, you know, a lot of these finance guys, they don't actually know what they're buying. They just know it seems like some big financial tool that might be big in the future and they want to invest in it, whatever. For various reasons, um, the token was popular and people wanted to buy it. Um, just like with this new uni token, like, oh, this is going to be huge. I want to be a holder of this, so I'm going to buy it. And so yeah. comp token starts to moon, of course. And uh, the thing about that happening, though, is um, the way that comp token is mined, so to speak, distributed for the initial people is uh, whoever loans and lends, loans and borrows on um, uh, compound gets rewarded in a compound token proportionate to their size. So um, what happened was because the token was getting so much interest in becoming so valuable and the rate that you make for borrowing um, and lending is fixed uh, in, in compound token, um, you had this weird dynamic where it actually became profitable to borrow because you'd get your airdrop on top of your so let's say the rate was, oh, wow. you know, you, you're borrowing at a rate of, let's say, 12%, but you're getting tokens that equal 30% of your uh, loan. So, you so just this is what that money. guy was trying to explain to me, because he said, uh, he said in at some point, or I think it was somebody who jumped in the conversation, was saying that they borrowed money and were making a profit. They were making like a a like set percentage on the money that they borrowed and that is because that is because so what do wait so the borrower gets some compound token too uh yeah the borrower and the and the lender so because they're it's basically whoever uses the platform but what okay. ends up happening of course it's a market so if you pay me to borrow i'm just gonna keep borrowing yeah like i'm gonna take all the money i can get and uh, use this collateral to borrow more, and then I'm going to take the money I just borrowed. And I'm going to borrow my own loan. Like I could borrow. Like well, I could you just... do, and they do. Yeah. And they, so people would take, you know, what they borrowed and put it back into the pool on the other end, so that they get more collateral to borrow more and oh get more comp God. tokens and make more interest. Oh and of course, God. this whole like sandcastle is built on the idea that people are going to, you know, forever FOMO into comp token, which is obviously not going to happen. Yeah. Um, when they're and this is already, by the way stopped this was uh this just sparked it um okay okay so in, comp has already run its course here uh, basically we can look basically at quick, but, um, yeah i'd be very curious because i want to know how long wow, these things are kind of like oh they so it happens so the the more this goes on like people don't this is the biggest thing that people do not understand that i wish especially like there's so much i want to talk about with regards to like how people think about this especially in the ethereum community they are so I don't mean to be insulting, but very naive. Mm-hmm. Um, like naive is they see something. Nice. That's kind. That's a kind <laughs> so, way to put it. They, <laughs> so I mean, so the uh, the high on compound I think was over, you know, or close to three hundred dollars. Um, compound right now is one hundred thirty four dollars. So it's already, you know, it's not on its honeymoon phase anymore, um, and it's definitely not profitable to borrow anymore. Uh, the market sorted that out fairly quickly, but um, okay. Um, but when it's when it's happening, when it's new, you know, it's very easy to get caught up into, especially when you're making money. It's very easy to get caught up and think, "Wow, this is so great! This is going to last forever 
because yeah. why wouldn't it? Because we're making money and when you make money, that's good. So yeah. this is great. But, Obviously but, the next guy's going to come in. It's going to be even, even better because everybody wants to make money. Yeah. And the thing that maybe doesn't occur to them or maybe, I don't know, like when you can make an unlimited number of these tokens and they are, people are, uh, it doesn't matter how much money comes in. It will get used by one of these, you know, they can make unlimited free tokens. As long as you want to keep throwing money at them, they can make unlimited tokens out of thin air and suck that money up. And it's no way that everybody gets more money. Like nobody makes more money unless somebody makes less money. Yeah. It's always been true. Like there's no actual money being made. <laughs> you know, if you just yeah. made, you know, if you just made 10 times your investment, investing in something that didn't make sense to you, it wasn't free money. Like somebody lost money or is going to lose money. Some money that. had to buy in. And at the end of the day, <laughs> somebody's got to get back 10% of what they put in. Like it just yeah. has to happen. Yeah. There's no free money actually being made. That's the, that's like a disconnect maybe. Uh, there happening big disconnect but um so this ponzinomic loop uh is very circular because um borrower borrows because he's getting comp token and he's going to make a profit to borrow uh lending rates go up more lenders come because they want the higher lending rates more borrowers of course are coming because they want the free comp um and this just drives you know in a big circle more borrowers more mm -hmm. lenders uh, then there's like you know more comp being airdropped, requires more comp to be bought on the on the market to keep everybody getting paid, and as soon as that cycle kind of stops, like obviously rates are going to go right back down. Like those people don't want those loans. This is not, and this is the other big mistake. I want to I want to probably like too scatter here, but I wish I was more organized in my thoughts and explanations. But <laughs> um, another one of the big I guess misconceptions is people think that that when this is in like peak like Ponzi cycle mode being driven by some, you know, unsustainable, obviously everybody should realize it's an unsustainable uh, incentive. When that's kind of like happening in the peak of it and, and you got hundreds of millions of dollars trying to mine these tokens so they can dump them on the next guy that thinks he wants to be a holder of comp, you know, for 30 years, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, while that's happening in the, in the Ponzinomic phase, people think that that represents its real utility. Like this is the actual demand for this future platform. Like, this platform is the future. Can't you see it's doing a billion dollars volume? Like, this is so great. What do you got that's doing a billion dollars volume? Like, <laughs> this is going to be for like three weeks. Like, this is not the platform. This is like people getting robbed for a while. Like, this is, you know what I mean? This is the, the lightning network has lesser Bitcoin. <laughs> if, you're, if you're holding comp token because you think you're going to keep seeing, you know, a billion dollars in volume on this thing, the, like whatever it was at a peak, like in perpetuity, like mm -hmm. you're an idiot because that's just there while they mine the rest of that comp supply while the rates justify them, you know, being able to mine at a profit. And um, once that's done, like that's the only reason that money was there. Like, sure. There's interest to loan to themselves and whatever, but mm -hmm. it's not even close to the interest in the Ponzi. So there's like yeah. the interest in the Ponzi. There's the money that's there for the Ponzi and there's the money that's there because they actually needed a loan. And the, the money that's there because they actually needed a loan is, not even like one percent i was about to say like one percent two percent it's like this <laughs> tiny tiny little fraction it was it was the percent and it was the meaningful amount that was there before the hype explosion and the everybody want to everybody want a token come play um yeah uh with so does compound just print indefinitely like is it 
is it just if more people add liquidity, more more compound no. is created, or is there some no. sort of a cap or some sort of a measure? Usually, I don't. So not specifically with compound, but usually because this isn't just compound now. Other platforms are, well, mm -hmm. and that's why this DeFi thing is is continuing beyond compound because you know you had all this new money sloshing around in the pool. You got to give them more Ponzi's to move to. Like each once each Ponzi is like getting towards its end, they need a new Ponzi to move their money. They need something new to get more yield on new assets that haven't been fully mined yet. And mm -hmm. it continues for a while. Um, but usually it's like a cap that's based on your size. So like, for example, okay. with the new Uni token, um, the Uniswap token, um, if you join one of the Uniswap liquidity pools, uh, particular ones that just drop this token, there's like eight, 83,333, I think, or sorry if I'm wrong, per pool that are distributed per your percentage of the pool every day. Okay. Um, so the more people add, the, the less... The, the less yeah. percentage you are to the distribution of the shitcoin. Yeah, it's just like kind of normal mining with hash rate. Um, mm -hmm. Except for with this, it's just like how much money do you have? It's like over yeah, yeah, yeah. three hundred million dollars per pool. Last I checked, I think. So, so you got to be decent size to to try to get any. But um, and the whole I don't want to get into the details of every single little token, but the Uni token. I don't see that being worth. Let's holding. get into I mean, it. What is so? What is <laughs> is is this a copy pasta of? compound like like is well, there anything so, different or yeah, well meaningfully unique no i mean i, I know it's a, a different token but well but i mean it's a different uh so there's different ways of making legitimate yield um okay. so the, the first way we talked about was uh the lending, lending and borrowing lending um, collateralized lending so yeah. the other way of making the other place where yield can legitimately come from is uh the decentralized exchanges so okay if so this is the one that the guy this is the one that i the conversation on twitter that i referenced was talking about is that there was um they were they said they were making a hundred and something percent return um and uh they they tried to they said there were three tokens in the conversation three different tokens in the conversation that i was just having um but that they said that this was because they were offering up liquidity and making supposedly making fees on exchanges. So mm -hmm. like, like they were the other end of a bunch of trades, like swaps between these tokens, if I'm not mistaken, like between the, the, the shit coins themselves. And every time like they paid like a 1% or whatever fee that was going to the people who were offering up liquidity. Um, but uh, I did the math on all the numbers they gave. It's like, oh, it did this much in volume and all this stuff. And I was like, all right, well, let's just back in the napkin math on this. And I, I can't remember exactly what the comparison was, but it was like a billion dollars or something stupid was locked up. And they were making like, you know, 50% or something return on it. And then he was bragging about how many trades there were and how much liquidity there was on this thing. But it was like 80 million or something like that. And, and I was like, wait, so you're making like massive percentages on this huge liquidity pool and the volume of actual trades is not even like a tenth of the liquidity, which... That in and of itself, like the amount of trades you just said, does don't even cover the quote unquote fees that are supposedly being made off of this thing. 
And, and I said, let's say they're, everybody's just paying a 1%, a full 1% fee. Um, and it's like a hundred, it's, it's like in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, but there's like tens of millions and hundreds of millions like going, coming out of this thing. How does, what, where's the, where's the thing in the loop here that's just printing tokens? Which, which part of uni is doing this? So, and who knows about this particular guy, whether or not he was, you know, exaggerating his, his gains or not. But, but there, is, <clears throat> there is, there are yields to be made. It's not risk-free. And of course, you're, you're, whatever you're making, you're, you know, it's coming from either, either because you know something other people don't know or because you're taking a risk that other people don't want to take. Mm-hmm. Um, because all the rates that every pool makes are transparent. And at any time, you know, if you're making, you know, 100% a day, which, uh, which can happen, uh, I know that sounds crazy, but if you're making that's what this guy day, was talking about is basically saying um, like you can make a hundred percent, like whatever. If you're making a hundred percent a day, every other whale can see that you made a hundred percent a day, and if they want to, they can. Add, that what that means is that your size of that pool is large, and the pool is small relative to uh, the amount of volume being traded on that pool. But what will happen in a free market is that other people will see that hey this pool is small and I could be, you know, I could become 10 times the size of this pool and I'll suck in that entire thing for myself. Why not? Now, if they don't, it's either because uh, this is way too scammy and I don't want to be holding uh, one end of this, which is probably going to get rug pulled. Cause that's the other thing. Like if it's, so the, the scammier the asset, the more yield you can probably make because the less the whales are going to want to, you know, if there's some, if you make some new shit coin token, on some new shitcoin platform that everybody kind of feels is, is a shitcoin, even the Ethereum people, but it's generating a lot of volume and buzz. Like, do you really want to be that whale that says, okay, I'm going to provide $200,000 of liquidity on this shitcoin because it's getting buzz and I'm going to have to buy $100,000 of this shitcoin? Like if the founder rug pulls, you're sitting yeah. there with $100,000 worth of this token. Even if you made 40000 in fees, like you're going to lose it instantly. You're still, you're still just total loss. Like, yeah. yeah. So, so like a whale isn't just going to buy a hundred grand or 200 grand of some brand new scammy thing just to provide liquidity and suck up all the fees. So the Mm -hmm. guy who will is hoping that, or either he's hoping or he knows something like maybe he knows the team that made this thing and he knows like, Oh, they're not going to rug pull. I happen to know this because I trust these guys. And this is actually more legit than people think. And in that case, you're kind of arbitraging people's, you know, you're arbitraging what you know. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, I know this isn't as risky as people think, and I'm going to provide liquidity here. But usually what's happening is people are just taking insane risks. Um, no one's paying 100% in fees here, right? Like the people who are putting money into the liquidity pool are getting paid, quote unquote, this huge percentage as a new token. Like in no, Unis- you actually no? can make... so. For example, a poll that I was in. <laughs> I got to understand this. Okay. Keep, a poll sorry. that I was in. <clears throat> let see if I can pull up the stats here. But um, mm-hmm. I put not a huge amount in because I don't want to, you know, risk. I'm not a risk. I'll be a big risk taker. It might seem like I'm a big risk taker from this conversation. But <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm well aware of what I'm getting into here. So I'm not, you know, saying like, oh, my God, I need to put all my Bitcoin into this. Like, no. Um, I put like, there's like 1%, less than 1% of of you know i'm not willing to lose a lot here but i can make i don't fault you for playing um, i mean um, it makes me curious I mean, I'll, I'm, I'm, i personally stay away <laughs> from it but it interests uh, me 
Like, so, and I feel like seeing it for what it is uh, makes it even more interesting. <laughs> so there was a pool uh, recently, and the pool's still up, but it's doing less volume today. But you never know; it could do more volume tomorrow if it gets hype or whatever. Um, and the pool is small; it's a hundred grand in the pool total. So the liquidity providers, Mew is one of them, um, mm-hmm. uh, make up a hundred thousand dollars now. With just a hundred thousand dollars, what do you do? Put pool, Ethereum into this, or you put? You have to put both this? sides of whatever the pair is. Okay. So okay. if the pair is like shitcoin A versus Ethereum, then you have to put half shitcoin A and half Ethereum. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, and so, um, but if there's only a hundred grand, it means there's fifty thousand dollars worth of Ethereum in the pool and fifty thousand dollars worth of the shitcoin in the pool. Um, and then and people that have Ethereum and want shitcoin or have shitcoin and want Ethereum they'll trade into this pool. Now, what happens is um, with just $100,000, it's really easy to be a significant percent of the pool. You know, if you had 10 grand there, you're 10% of the pool. That's a good chunk of the pool. Mm-hmm. Now, um, it's like being a 10% of, you know, all the mining or whatever on a, whatever this thing is worth. So uh, when this thing like was new and, and like having a very good volume day, I think it did like 19 million in volume. The fee is only 0.3%, but 19 million in volume, and you've got 10% of that volume is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, as this continued, like more whales started to come and the pool started getting bigger because they're not just going to let like, you know, a couple guys with a hundred grand take $19 million worth of volume for themselves. Other people started joining and because, you know, the bigger the volume, the more enticing it is for others to come and say, I want some of that, those fees. This is a small pool generating outsized interest. Um, but uh, so let me just do some quick math. If you got 19 million in volume and you're taking a 0.3% fee, that's $57,000 in fees. Now, if you could manage to be 10% of that, you just made six grand. Now, it's very hard to keep 10% of that because, as I said, other people will see it and they'll come and add. And so your, your, your proportion will diminish. But either way, you're going to make a few grand uh, that day. Anyway, it's not going to last every day, but for that day, you'll make a few grand on your 10 grand, which is huge. Or you could even, you know, and if nobody else does it, if it's super risky and like everybody thinks it's going to crash, maybe no other whales touch it. You get that whole pool and you just made 57,000 on 10,000. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's best case. It's very hard to find that kind of situation in reality, but uh, if that's happening, it's because nobody wants to touch it with a 10 foot pole. Um, but Where it can does happen. your liquidity go when somebody else is doing exchanges? Like, so it uses again the Bancore algorithm. So uh, okay. it's this so is this all based like off under- of that same that same thing? Or are these like just like modifications Almost and new? Every new things? idea is so they don't actually use Bancore. So Bancore was one of the first big ICOs, if you remember. Yeah, yeah I do. So and that's another reason why you should never buy tokens just because you think something's cool. Over $100 million in the Bancor ICO. Everything uses Bancor algorithm now. Nobody's using Bancor Nobody token. cares about the token. Nobody's paying Bancor anything for this. I say this They're over like... and over and over again. <laughs> it's like this is open source code and the token is so freaking irrelevant. Like yeah. it, it, it's attached to nothing and there's no reason for it to be. If it's useful, somebody's just going to copy and paste it and put their token or just take the token out and do it. Like if it's actually useful, then you don't need a token. You just do it. <laughs> like, so, but yeah, it's just crazy. So, so, so Bancor was like anybody who looked at the Bancor algo and thought about the implications and thought, wow, mm. this could change everything. 
you were right. But then if you bought the token, you're an idiot. Because <laughs> like <laughs> because the two are not the same. And that's the thing yeah. that I don't know. It's like there's a big this like everybody thinks they're buying like a share in the idea. And you're not. You're it's buying not. whatever shitty yeah. tokenomics there are behind that thing. And nobody like in a free market, nobody's gonna pay you for no like nobody's gonna just decide to pay you. So uh for no reason. And yeah. uh, you know, like this like chain link. Nobody's going to decide they want to pay Chainlink massive fees and buy all these Chainlink tokens for oracles if somebody else makes an oracle system with the same whatever concepts in Chainlink that are worth stealing. If somebody steals them without the token, you will never think about Chainlink again. Um, because why would you? It's not a charity. Yeah. You're not just saying, I think we should give to Chainlink. No. Uh, by the way, those founders are dumping millions of dollars a week. If the token was so valuable. Yes. If the token was so valuable, the founders wouldn't be dumping it constantly. Wow. Um, yeah. so, Not surprising. The, the chain link went up like so high. Like that was that was short. <laughs> shit. It's like they as know soon as Portnoy was in it. As soon as Portnoy went in, it was in it, it was like, okay. Founders oh, yeah. like, they've been dumping that. No, they've been dumping. They've been dumping for months. Uh, wow. about five hundred thousand tokens every week or so, which is about you know, $5 million over a week or so and more when it's higher. Like they know what's up. This is their 10 minutes of 15 minutes of fame. And it's either get your money out while there's volume, or you can tell stories about how you could have been rich for the rest of your life. Like <laughs> uh, they know what they're doing and they are getting their money out while it's hot. Um, yeah. You know? And, and so anybody that's thinking about buying that stuff, look at what the people who made it are doing. If they thought this thing was so valuable, they know better than you do. Yeah. If they thought it was so valuable, they wouldn't be dumping it as fast as they possibly can. Like without like creating too much FUD, they are dumping as fast as they possibly can. Um, as as they can get away with without money. crashing the price. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Like, um, That's what I do. So yeah, <laughs> and uh, oh, and you bet with this Uni token and stuff too. Like they probably told all their friends. Their friends probably like opened up ten different MetaMask wallets and became eligible for this thing, so they could, you know, get all that extra bonus. Like there's so much corruption here. That's what happens when you have centralized governance. Don't they even do KYC for this stuff? No. I mean, which is cool. Okay, they don't? But okay. No, it's all, it's all, I mean, some things do, but not. I was really just thinking like added cost on top of like the nightmare potentialities of this. But um, <laughs> I guess that's actually a good thing that if you want to make returns on a whole bunch of shit coins, you at least don't have to KYC. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it is, you know, by design, we say by design because there's caveats and there's, lots of asterisks here but by design it's centralized and not supposed to be able to be rug pulled or whatever by the founders everything's got its own you know whatever's and um some of it some of it's more decentralized than others some of it they simply you know i can't uh, verify myself whether people have master keys to this stuff or not who knows i just gotcha. assume that everything does yeah, that's that safe that's safe <laughs> so um, um but but so yeah so to the yield stuff uh, with the uniswap like you can if you chase a risky pool you can make outsized gains but the risk you're taking is that you know the shit corn part the shit coin part of your pair will drop more than you know whatever you made in interest so if i make 100 percent that day and i got 10 grand in it five grand ethereum five grand some other thing and my five grand of that other thing you know rug pools and now it's worth like 200 bucks <laughs> well you know um yeah. what happens in what happens in the pool is that um, you know, as people are, oh, you asked the question, where does it go? So somebody wants to trade. Oh. So they come to the pool and they say, uh, I've got one Ethereum. I want whatever one Ethereum's worth of that thing is. The pool gives them, takes your, takes your Ethereum and it gives them minus the fee 
how much of the shitcoin they're supposed to get. And uh, in this way, like everybody in the pool will have a little bit less or a little bit more Ethereum and a little bit less of the coin. And uh, it works out because the Bancor algorithm that uh, after lots of trades, um, it remains about half and half according to what each pair is worth to the other. So it should remain like however much an Ethereum is worth to however much of the shitcoin is should remain on, on par. But what will happen though is if like, if the token does dump and people are all dumping token and taking Ethereum, the pool will become like, you know, if the thing was basically worthless then the pool is like very little Ethereum, very much of this worthless token. So you don't even get to keep your $5,000 or 50 or $5,000 of Ethereum. You'll just have like all like 90% of this token that nobody wanted and they dumped on you. Oh, wow. Um, because the, because it got out of balance and that was how it yeah. was, that's how it so equalizes. People, yeah. So people are dumping Ethereum into this pool are dumping token into this pool taking Ethereum, dunking token, taking Ethereum. As that happens, the price of the token relative to the price of Ethereum is changing. And so you get way more of the one that's less valuable than the other. Um, so you could so, really be, get like really left yeah. holding the bag. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll have no Ethereum left, but you'll have a bunch of this coin that everybody didn't want. That everybody so, was dumping. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow, that's so, the worst because that's, oh, wow, that's really bad. Um, and that's yeah. That's why a whale. That's why you can. Pool. That's why you can get like these pools where like a whale's not going to come and steal your fees because they don't want to hold that token. You know, in order to, you know, you and see kind this of the, fee generator- the, the 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 magic. The hype sauce is to have like a token that's in its hype. So like mm-hmm. like the idea is like which token. So it's it's a, a hot potato. Is that you're. Yeah. You're desperately, you have to lock this up for a certain amount of time and you're just hoping that whatever, whatever hot potato whatever you're, you're holding fees, to, you're hoping you make more than 24 hours, like lasts yeah. for another 24 hours and holy crap. Yeah. So, I mean, and obviously like, and I don't casino. know, like, hopefully this doesn't sound appealing to anybody. If you don't know what the hell you're doing and you just try to put in one of these pools, you're going to lose money. Like there's so many people that do know what they're doing and are just taking money from people. Like if you don't know what you're doing, you're the one they're taking money from. Mm-hmm. So don't do that. Um, and even those guys end up getting wrecked because like I saw it yesterday, one of my buddies who's, uh, and, and by the way, this is oversaturating very quickly. Um, this is so, so not just something that I've observed, but many people have observed that uh, all the guys that. Yeah. We probably are, already passed the peak. If, if like, Oh yeah. It feels, uh, it feels like we're on the way out, but. All, who knows all, all the guys who uh yeah don't like listen to this and like oh i need to get into this and try to gamble and make some like no you're getting on you're the guy paying for everybody else that was there before you <laughs> if you go, you're paying but, the other ones to finally get out because they're like yeah oh. <laughs> yeah so so please do not buy this shit but anyway um uh so like the guys who started out in the beginning being dumb enough to like fomo in on the sushi and the hot dog and the and the, the yeefy and all, all this food what the what the fuck are these tokens for like it's oh they're so bad is it literally so just like a are, new token for a new thing i mean i mean does, yeah so they're well, first of all they're all clones of each other like everything gets cloned a million times oh, but Jesus um Christ. which is part of the oversaturation and actually it uh <laughs> allowed me to refine one of my arguments for bitcoin recently <laughs> Um, I'm all over the place. I, I empathize with anybody who's actually trying to listen to this. I'm all over the place. But um, uh, I'm following. You know, this is great. I love this shit. <laughs> so uh, 
so so you got like you know the union and it'll be a clone of union it hasn't been the biggest clone of union yet but there probably will be soon um and you got all these uh you know clones of clones and oh this one so you got literally tokens coming out now which is like this token you buy it and you can stake it and it generates so there's one that came out so i don't even want to promote these guys let's just say i don't uh, because, you know, these are hype, stupid things that are going to collapse. And the guys that are making it know they're just in it for some quick bucks. Mm-hmm. But um, there's like token A. And it's like, yeah, buy token A. And it will. And if you stake it, you'll generate token B. Both of these like completely made up out of nothing. And um, now you get all this token B. And when you get token B, like it'll generate a little bit more token A. So that you can like, and you're like, yeah, let's do this. I'm going to be so rich because everybody's going to want token A. So they can make more token B. So they can make token A. And it's like... <laughs> No, it's like literally we're just getting to the pure like raw form of the Ponzi here. They're not even backed by anything anymore. Like it was backed by like actual trading yield and actual. Yeah, somebody was following. actually lending something and maybe yeah, there was like a little was, percent made it somewhere. Like there was an actual like there was a little bit of legitimacy behind it. But as they become more as it oversaturates more and they become more desperate for yield, you're just seeing like the pure Ponzi part of the. Econ, uh, incentives we've gone without tokenception just yeah, without even like, deep of nonsense <laughs> without even pretending like there's utility there anymore like the utility now is like well people want yield so oh, if they God. buy this there's going to be yield like and it's new and so there has been see but but and i explained this to somebody the other day and i really liked the way that i explained it to them and i um i probably won't be able to to repeat it here exactly but um Essentially, like as we see all this oversaturation occurring over and over and over again, um, that is why these things don't last because anybody can continue to make free tokens and take that same money. And that same money is going to keep chasing the easiest yield. And like it just gets into shittier and shittier and shittier little copies of copies of copies. And the re and because somebody and what sparked this discussion was somebody said, Well, how is this any more Rapunzel than Bitcoin? How is this like name one thing about this that that um that Bitcoin doesn't also do? Oh, and so God, I explained the inability a lot of the <laughs> so I explained a lot of what I've explained to you now, and I mm-hmm. and I, you know, all this fake yield for yield's sake stuff. And I said, Bitcoin is like the anti oversaturation, like you cannot oversaturate. Bitcoin, you can, and it's still going to get like the clones of the clones of the clones, but nobody cares about that shit. Like Bitcoin actually is like the one that is useful and that matters and that's not going, like you, if if you're buying Bitcoin, you cannot be oversaturated by the scams. It's the settlement Um, assurances. The token yields are the opposite of settlement assurances. And (laughs) if you're talking about the, the, we're talking about monetary competition, it's dog shit out the gate. Like, no matter what your supposed yield is, like, it just doesn't, oh, God, it's just, it's so painful that <laughs> you can't, that, that that they just think because, oh, this is code and this is also code, that they're the same thing. It's like, no, no, they're not. They're not even remotely related <laughs> to each other. <laughs> yeah, like, they don't, so, and this is the thing that's really um, definitely getting to me when I see, you know, because I, I, for I've been immersed in kind of like all the blockchain stuff for a while, just because of, you know, it's what I do for a living as, you know, I've got a company that does random stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, one thing that, that really gets me is when I see these, uh, let's just say Ethereum influencers, the ones that are supposed to be like the thought leaders of the, of the herd, um, kind of trolling Bitcoiners and saying like, 
oh, you guys are dinosaurs. You guys are just, you know, there's no innovation there. And you guys are just hanging on to, you know, it's boomer coin. And like, there's so much going on. You just don't understand, bro. I hope you they keep thinking about how longer. much is going on. Like, I hope they stay out the thing is, like, longer. <laughs> they, there's a big discrepancy in knowledge there, right? But it is that Bitcoiners don't understand uh, Ethereum. It's that they don't understand the value proposition for Bitcoin at all. Because if they did, they would stop thinking that they were even competing with it, with this nonsense. Like, just because, you know, you see some, vo- some volume on a Ponzi does not make it competitive with the volume that's in Bitcoin at all. There's no, if you understand the value problem of Bitcoin, there is no, like, they are not pro- pro- uh, providing any of that value <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah. And so. Um, in fact, and it's so, bra- they brag about the fact that they're, doing the opposite like the the assurances and the level of security that you get in bitcoin it is literally bragged about that like oh look we're printing this many to- it, it's like bragging yes. about inflation in a competition of who can be the hardest money like right it, it just it's ridiculous yeah like a government thing one of <laughs> like 10 different levels <laughs> your puny economy i just printed Two trillion yesterday. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, <laughs> what you think they, about it though is that it would get a bunch of you know there would be a subset of people who would rush in and be like, oh, they just printed two trillion and they put it into this subsidy, this subsidy, and this thing, and this thing, and they go rushing for the subsidy and the thing where that new two trillion went for, and that would last until the currency ate shit, like until it just yeah. imploded. And we're seeing the various little scams yield. <laughs> But, uh, you know, a Bitcoiner does not have to understand all the little Ethereum stuff to understand. All you need to know, if you can see like one, so there's core fundamental principles that uh, Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoiners recognize about Bitcoin, um, like the maximum supply. I like the fact that the rules can't be arbitrarily changed. Um, like all these things that are, are you know, some people scoff at, but these principles are the, the reason why it's so valuable. Um, they're the root innovation. Like they're yeah, the thing to, that you can't get anywhere else. Like, <laughs> you don't have to uh, understand. You don't have to understand like all of Ethereum. All you have to understand is if you see some of these fundamental principles that are being violated or don't exist, you don't have to think about the rest of it. You just say, no, I'm not interested. Like if you saw, yeah. Uh, That's why it's so easy to just dismiss the whole thing. But I'm still deeply curious about what what goes on over there and like what they talk about and shit. Yeah. So so as they're sitting there, (laughs) as they're sitting there trying to say that the Bitcoiners are you know in dinosaur land, whatever. Like they Bitcoiners get why Ethereum. Bitcoiners are just staying out of the swamp. Don't swim in the swamp. That's gross. But the, the, the 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 Ethereum guys do not understand. Uh, while they're while they're sitting here thinking that they are, like, I don't know, somehow doing something special, they do not even understand why, like, they're they're not even in the they're not even playing the same game. Yeah. For many of us in our own journeys, and particularly after finding Bitcoin, it becomes very clear how much school either never taught us, or how many of those things were just wrong. That is where Tom Wood's Liberty Classroom comes in. There are so many great teachers in this set of courses, 
and uh, monthly live sessions even, and forums to learn with others in the community. The number of courses here is just crazy, and they are still adding more. You can learn the truth of U.S. and Western history, about the history of political and economic thought over thousands of years, take a class on logic that teaches you how to think rather than what to think, and my personal favorite, a class that goes through the entirety of the traditional economics textbook, teaches it, and then explains where it is misleading or outright wrong, and exactly why. Liberty Classroom is the best place to learn the economics and history that public school never taught you, or that fed you nonsense about. Go to guyswan.com liberty, and you will also help support this show. I've been a consumer of Liberty Classroom for a long time, and I know you guys will love it too. So Guy Swan, and that's swan with two N's, guyswan.com slash liberty. With that, is that, is that the common mentality in your, in your take? Like, is that maddening? Like for, for like an example for me, like particularly in DeFi, like I'd be curious because I actually knew people who were invested in BitConnect who knew exactly what it was. Oh, it's different. It's very different. different. I'm, I am, this is why like, I like, so, you know, some of my Bitcoin friends would, you know, and probably rightfully so. Oh, you're shitcoining. Okay. <laughs> and I get it. And I, I would be very judgy. If any of my friends participate in this shit, I'll be very judgy. If they do what I'm doing, I'll be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, um, you stupid ass. <laughs> yes, oh, this, but, is, this is me. This is my thing. <laughs> yeah, but I'm but the, the reason I think is because, allowed to do that. <laughs> like, because I don't know. It's like uh, uh, people get like when they're making money, it's like a, a, a feed. It's like it sparks something in their brain that says, I did a good thing. This yeah. is good. Like I need to do this more. Like this is a, this is a, this is, you know, my Bitcoin sat there and made 3%, but I just made 2000% on like, oh, this is so much better. Like, yeah. no, your brain is stupid. Like, <laughs> well, it's like, it's like you're in kindergarten or whatever. Like the teacher can give you a test and ask questions and you know, you don't have to know the first thing about whether or not it's, like actually true the answer to all these questions but if you give the answer that the teacher wants and she gives you a gold star you're gonna be very very proud of yourself you're gonna be very happy and you're gonna be like this is the way things are because i checked these boxes and i got a fucking gold star (laughs) yeah so (laughs) so um where was was that train of thought there um talking about the mentality of the people in it like oh yeah so it's disgusting it's really disgusting like i don't even like i want to slap so many people every day like because you're talking (laughs) to like a random person about what like everybody like the the like people it it is a little concerning too not concerning in like a way that that's like actually matters or is bad for bitcoin but because i just majority of the community has completely dismissed bitcoin and like they've bought the they've bought the story that they've heard from their shit corner friends. They're like, oh yeah, that's a nothing coin. Like nobody gives a fuck about that. Like this is where it's at. Like we're doing this is the thing. This is the the thing that you, anybody that knows anything should be doing. And those people are just like idiots hanging on to boomer coin. Like <laughs> and that is and even like and even it's some really smart people like we're the even testing. like you know it, it does infuriate me like to see some really like smart and like clever coders that are otherwise would be you know great people that you'd want to be around 
and they don't even think about or care about Bitcoin because like they entered this world of like, yeah, everybody knows like this is the smart, this is what the smart people are doing. Like, yeah. and they just hear that and they're just like, they never yeah, even they take got it for granted. the other side of the coin. Like they, yeah. they never even started from monetary principles or even thought about the monetary Imp, like no. implications they just went straight in and was like oh so bitcoin's the model t and this is the fancy new shit all right yeah, i'll hang if you out join, here. you know if you join a dorm and uh and everybody in your dorm like you know you're new and everybody was like yeah so that dorm down like that one down there like that's nobody wants to be in that dorm like that's the crackhead dorm you're just like okay that's everybody in that that's dorm's right. a crackhead yeah. like <laughs> so <laughs> like you know like that's what everybody told you when you came and so that's what you think um and so it's really disgusting. And I and hate that so many people are... Twitter, so obviously it must be true. Yeah, and that kind of does reinforce it, to be honest. Like, and that's something that maybe uh, some of you guys... Now I love the toxicity when it's... Because like, even there's guys that are super toxic against me, and I do not hate them because of thinking, like, this is Bitcoin's immune system. Like, they are doing a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, anything that's, like uh that especially if it's like a like a threatened to like change bitcoin anyway like i am all about just like going crazy over that because mm-hmm. that's why it works like that's the the white blood cells but um so i don't you know i love that uh you want to call me shitcoiner and like talk about how shit i am that's great i appreciate your work <laughs> uh, <I> appreciate <laughs> <so>. your work <laughs> um uh, but but uh but uh, but there is you know probably a degree where it's maybe a little too extreme. Like one of these guys I'm talking about that would otherwise be a good guy, smart coder, clever guy, wants to get into like something that he sees as like this new cool tech. And maybe he's looking at the Ethereum community and maybe he looks at the Bitcoin community and maybe because he uh, built like a tool for Uniswap or something, like the first thing he hears from any Bitcoin guy is, oh, fuck you, shitcoiner. You're like, go play with your retard stuff. And he's like, you know, maybe, you know, that was pretty cool. Like what he made maybe, you know, it's like there's tools that do there are tools that do useful things and then there's how much stupid money is being thrown at them, you know? Okay. And, yeah. and so you don't want to, you don't want to put, you, like, you don't want to be part of the stupid money, but there actually are some cool toys being built that will be used probably. Like bank or minus the bank or token. Maybe yeah, there's like, something interesting there. Maybe there's like, a place for decentralized, like collateralized lending. I mean, maybe it works. Maybe will, it doesn't have like a giant bug in it that could wipe everybody out. So if we, you know, if we could create and we probably will, I think people are already working on it. If we had like Bancor, Algo, Lightning Network, like collateralized lending, we would love it. And we'd brag about it. And it'd be great. Um, <laughs> and so like, yeah, and we would be essentially uh, borrowing from or, or building on top of those same ideas that were built in that shitcoin factory. Because um, some of those ideas are, 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 are valid, I think, in the future of, like money tools and they and one of this is a, a term i hear them use that i actually like a lot they call them money legos um and i like that <laughs> term because it's like you got all these little pieces that you can use with money and you can put them together to make like a big money lego castle that does all these weird things because um but but anyway um so some of the idea and that's the thing that maybe some bitcoiners probably don't give enough credit is like some of the ideas are good it's just that the obviously the economics and the like you should not buy these tokens like yeah. there's a difference between the idea and and oh i gotta go invest in this because it's a good idea like two different things um so uh and and so in that sense like yeah maybe there are maybe the toxicity sometimes is a bit much if you give a fuck about um sorry language <laughs> if you care about uh 
That's okay. I've been like, cursing the you whole know, time. Attracting, attracting some of these otherwise just like normal good people that aren't like trying to fight for their right to code something. Like they just want to like, you know, they see cool stuff to build and they're building. And if you, you know, you can easily close them out. Yeah. Um, unnecessarily. I mean, my perspective on that is that like, I really don't, like, I don't care that much about the toxicity. Um, like I do see it sometimes and I'm like, ugh, like <laughs> you could be, you could be a little bit calmer than that. And like my personal choice is to be much more like, I don't, I like, I like talking to, you know, the, the Litecoin guys and, uh, you know, like debating with the BSV dude or whatever. Like, I don't, I like, I don't, I don't feel like it's a really a threat. Like, so I don't see any reason to like be vicious or specifically angry about it, but I'm not going to like, I'm not going to pull my punches either. Like, I'm not going to tell you something that I don't think mm. or be like, no, yeah, I think the project's great and has a lot of potential. Just maybe you could change some things. I'd be like, no, I think it's like, I think it's a crap project and I think it's not going anywhere, but <laughs> you're fine as a person if you want to try it. Um, but, uh, uh, but I also like, I'm not really going to fault anybody else to some degree of just kind of being an asshat. Um, people are, I don't know. Sometimes I like an asshat every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah. you need those people. Um, mm -hmm. White blood cells and all that. Right. Yeah. Oh man. But there was, I don't I'm not going to call him out on the show. There was one guy in particular that I thought he was very, very, very toxic all the time to everyone, including to me. Um, there's this, you know, big Bitcoin room that he used to be a part of that, would not even allow me to enter it because of my history with working with blockchain stuff. Ooh. And it was mostly because of him. Uh, even though like, and it was a little frustrating sometimes cause like I use Bitcoin every day. I'm like doing like, you know, it's all I do most of the time is Bitcoin stuff. Mm -hmm. And this guy, all he does is like trade on Binance or whatever, you know, long and shorting Bitcoin all the time. That's his using Bitcoin, which is, you know, whatever, like, <laughs> and he thinks he's like this grand Bitcoin or whatever, but, but this particular guy, um, super toxic constantly. Like he flipped 1000% Ethereum, but like, Oh, like, no kidding. He was like, yeah, fuck you guys. You know, you guys are sitting here waiting on moon all the time. Like wind moon, wind moon, well, Ethereum <laughs> moons every day over here. We moon every day. We don't wait. We just moon. <laughs> oh, and he like, he cool. got in like right at the end of like the uni stuff pumping. And he just got wrecked on like, and he was the dumb money that just ran. Oh. Who knows how much Bitcoin he had. But he was the dumb money and just ran right on the uh, the end of that and just like while shouting about moon like obviously I bet you feel moon. sorry for him, don't you? <laughs> no, I don't. Like actually, I really hated that. Like I I hated that I respected how toxic he was when I realized how fake he was. Yeah. The whole time he was just like that how happens. Many of the there are a couple of times where I feel like like I've seen people who were like real vicious about it in one direction kind of end up being vicious about it in a different like like they end up stepping outside of it like like i don't know a lot of hypocrisy all around but it's yeah, like the and that, communities and that, like i see toxicity really. from good god the amount of times that like i see shit corners just giving straight hell to bitcoin and like all the model t stuff like i and you know obviously i'm in bitcoin circles like i see bitcoin conversations before i see shit coin conversations so like, and I've called, I've done nothing but calling shit coins this whole show. So, you know, <laughs> fair is where, uh, a fair do where it's due. Um, but, uh, like, I still, like, I don't see anybody, like, trying to, like, meet somebody halfway here. Like, it's not like as if I think, 
like I see these shitcoin conversations like, well, yeah, Bitcoin's like a really great project. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm liking it. And it's like, no, it's like Bitcoin's a Model T and it's boomer coin. And you guys are retards like who have, you know, who just have the bigger Ponzi scheme. It's like, okay, well, what the hell do you think is going to be the response to that? Like, like everybody's just being an ass. Grow up, get over it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, um, there are some, and I'm appreciative of the, 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 uh, mature Bitcoin groups that do exist. I like them where everybody's just building. And that's one of the things I've loved about I'm Lightning. mature. That's <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that I've loved about Lightning is that like, you know, we can tinker again. A lot of the tinkering kind of uh, was deteriorating because like, you know, it's Not hard to tinker. Tinkering is fun. Yeah. It's hard to tinker on a chain when you're paying $12 fees, which ironically, I guess it's happening on Ethereum and they're still tinkering, but it's because they've got the Ponzi That's right. Fees going. went crazy high. I was like seeing people oh, like trying to get the, the so, oh, that's, that's one thing. I don't want to get quite back on this whole thread, but the, like every one of these like swaps and getting liquidity and getting it back, these are all Ethereum transactions, right? You see, these uh, are all yep. tokens Everything's on Ethereum transaction. of So Ethereum. like I've, you know, I and I actually had a uh, ex Bitcoin casher. I say X, it's funny. A lot of the so I've was known for being like kind of a BCH troll. Mm-hmm. I've spent disproportionate amount of time like um uh you know, I really respect Greg Maxwell because he actually spends time like in the BSV and BCH communities. He's like just so, them. like reason like for the amount of hate that he gets, he's incredibly patient and actually yes. explains this stuff. Um, like I have so much respect for him for doing that, and he is the most hated person ever over yeah, there, so, just because so he just I, tells the truth. But anyway, yeah, so sorry. I take a you know I'm no Greg Maxwell, but I take a page from his book, and I you know I've spent a lot of my time donating to educating BCH and BSV guys, and they hate me, and they show Join me Lord all day. Satoshi's work there, man. But I'll sit there Doing and like it. just break it down and why they're wrong or whatever. Just try to give them some 101 on Bitcoin 101. And that's the thing. Like most of them do not even know how mining works. Like if they understood Bitcoin, they wouldn't be in that shitcoin. Um, <laughs> so I spent a lot of time explaining the very basics of like, yeah, so you don't mine on like a laptop necessarily. Like one guy told me like all these people will just start using their like computers for something else. Like, no, actually. But anyway. Oh, so, wow. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, like they don't understand the mining at all. They don't understand the very basics. But I mean, of course they don't. Because if they did, they wouldn't like listen to Craig's nonsense. But anyway, um, I saw like a lot of the guys, especially the BCH guys, BCH is really dying uh, because of, for reasons uh, lately. But because um, there's another fork, you know, live by the fork, die by the fork. Like they're just, it's just infighting on top of infighting because they all think that they should have the mm-hmm. say over where the project goes. And when there's a disagreement, <laughs> there's no way to get back to consensus. It's just dumb. So there was this, uh, there was this, um, this new kind of Ponzi nomic thing coming out and I recognized what it was and I knew that I would have an edge like, uh, with how it worked. Like basically the the game was just to dump immediately, but I realized that a lot of people didn't realize that. So it was going to be for all the idiots that don't realize that it's money for you. Hmm. (laughs) Am I a scammer for doing this? Uh, I didn't make it. (laughs) I'm just like, Hey, here's a way to make some easy money on idiots. But, um, uh, I went there. And lo and behold, in the community, I saw some of the BCH guys who had like, who had heard in some of my BCH circles, like nobody knew where they went. But like, where did such and such go? Like, who knows? He just left all the groups and we don't know where he is. And 
there he was and like this new ponzi token thing that i'd found oh like no. and 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 i messaged was like dude people are looking for he's like yeah me and he's like like starts listing a big list of like the, some of the bch the big guys you know, some of the big guys he's like we're all here we're all doing we're all doing this it was like wow i mean of course i can't talk too much shit because they, they just hop to the but, next thing that looks like it's gonna run um but i mean <laughs> yeah it's it had a a better point <laughs> i was getting at but um <laughs> maybe maybe too much coffee this morning but uh you can never have too much coffee that's not true that's not true but i try <laughs> i try to see if i can get there one day <laughs> <laughs> um so i mean this is why i value bitcoin maximalism though like like uh, toxicity and all that stuff aside is that like like it's long like it, there's so much about the, like the long-term mindset is it like Bitcoin, like so many of the people I know who are in Bitcoin are in Bitcoin for the long haul. Like they're here to stay and they're like, we're not going to get distracted by all this crap. And and go back to like the whole, like you were just talking about with like the Bancor thing and they're like, oh, well, what if we built this on top of Lightning or whatever? And it was actually like a lending platform, uh, a collateralized and, you know, decentralized. Is it like that would actually be cool and we would be excited about it? Is that anything that's actually meaningful? Even if it's just one percent of the the shit that is being done on the the token printing looping circular token return yield project <laughs> uh, Ponzi, that if there is any one percent of something useful there, it will just get soaked up into. It's just code. It's just mm-hmm. a script. You know, like it will just be soaked up and put on top of lightning if that's a useful thing to have. Um and but we're mostly just going to ignore it because it's just 1%. You know, it's just that tiny little corner of what's going on over there. And when there's a real need for it, okay, it'll be built. Um, But we've got a money to fix. You know, we've got a hundred trillion dollar problem to solve. And that is not the important thing to focus on. We'll get there. We'll get there if it's needed and if it's useful. But This is a 50-year problem to solve, and we're not going anywhere for 50 years. Like, this is, we are stuck. We are here, and we are riding this shit to, uh, you know, ride or die. Like, that's it. And even, you know, like, the, the guys that run, and great, great points, by the way. <laughs> but I'm just thinking, like, about the, uh, like, about the guys that run Link. I hope that the Link guys who are dumping their $5 million a day, I hope, all I can do is hope that, yeah, okay, you built some shitcoin stuff, and you made some money. I hope that you're smart enough to be putting that money into Bitcoin. Like, don't be like, if you don't be putting that crap into fiat. He's just yeah, trading like, fiat for fiat. <laughs> if you're, if you, you know, if you want to fiat, coin, slow fiat. <laughs> uh, what I, you know what? I don't even mind. Like, if somebody wants to, like, if Bitcoin is their money, even though they they don't think about it, but they use it as money, and mm-hmm. that they're doing like all this shitcoiny stuff, like Bitcoin is winning anyway, because like Bitcoin is being used for exactly what it's supposed to be. It's like. They're taking for granted that Bitcoin is there to be their bank account while they go and do whatever scammy things they do in their job. Mm-hmm. Like, um, <laughs> Which is funny. That's how they still treat it. So many of them still end up using Bitcoin because, like, I mean, the, the example is that, and, and maybe, maybe I should ask you about this, uh, the whole Bitcoin, a billion dollars in Bitcoin is wrapped up on Ethereum? Like, no, oh, we definitely should um, uh, t- talk tell about Tell me about this. that. A, what does that mean? B, uh, what's that for? Is that for all these Uniswap tokens and stuff, like for trading pairs? Um, 
and un unwrap that a little bit. <laughs> un unwrap that billion dollars sure. in wrapped Bitcoin. <laughs> um, so if you would, you know, if you ever want to piss me off on Twitter, um, all you have to do is say there's more Bitcoin on the on Ethereum than on Lightning Network, because <laughs> it's a really, really, really dumb thing. This I hate that stupid talking point. The reason why, I mean, when you get into second layers, you got to talk about what is a second layer, but Lightning, when you're using Lightning Network, when you're using Bitcoin and Lightning Network, it's your Bitcoin, your private keys, you're moving, you know, all the Bitcoin is like, it's in your wallet, multi-sig, sure, but nobody can spend without your coin, without your keys. Yeah, you got, and the, you're you got the keys that. and the redemption, like it's, it's yours. And you're, it's and just... you're exchanging that to, to other people, you're giving real Bitcoin to your peers. Mm -hmm. It's not an IOU, it's not a whatever, it doesn't go through some exchange. Now, if you wanted, you could make an argument that Binance was a more successful second layer than Lightning. You could make that argument. I would agree with Bitcoin that. on it. Yeah, Coinbase. Yeah, it's got yeah. a bunch of Bitcoin on it, and it and it lets you move off chain, and you can settle on chain. So why don't we consider? Why doesn't anybody ever say, "Oh, Binance is the real Bitcoin scaling layer"? Nobody says that because we all recognize that, you know, when you have your money on Binance, Binance is holding your money. They can take it. They can be hacked. Um, you have to trust them. So like, there's all these things that you know we don't consider that Bitcoin at all. Like we like Bitcoin because we're in control. We get to be our own bank. We get to hold our keys. We get to use mm -hmm. our Bitcoin. We're not giving our Bitcoin to you so that you can throw it around in a bucket and give it, you know, give us some back uh, later when we ask for it. So like <laughs> nobody will argue, even though you could theoretically argue that it was like the Bitcoin scaling layer. You won't really see anybody seriously try to argue that because they know the reasons why that's a flawed argument. But with these wrapped tokens, it's the same exact thing just obfuscated a little bit. What happens is you got some guy who's got some smart contract on Ethereum and uh, they got like a gatekeeper protocol, which essentially means you give me Bitcoin. I'm a gatekeeper. Maybe there's a, 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 found, a foundation of gatekeepers or gatekeepers um, where we have to like multi-sig or whatever. Um, but we're going to take that Bitcoin. We're going to put it in an exchange. And we're going to sit there and let it sit in that exchange. And then in return, we're going to like all sign with our keys. So they're literally putting it in like an actual yeah. exchange. They're putting it in like Kraken or, or. Oh, holy wherever. crap. Yeah. And it still requires theoretically like multi-sig from them, whatever, but not on the exchange level. Like whoever owns that exchange can just take it. Yeah. So what the hell that's like, that's so, multi-sig on top of the same centralized problem. Like, like it's not, it's not in place of it. It's just, it's a, oh. Oh God, it's like a slightly, it's like a really not very trust minimized layer on top of a fully 100% could just run away with it trusted layer. Yeah, so there, there, this is more trust. It's like, God, that's trust way the worse guys. than I thought it was. Yeah, you got to trust the guys in the foundation not to just till your coin. But then you also got to trust the exchange not to get exit scammed or whatever. And of course, it's in their best interest. You know, they're not trying to scam anybody. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They're trying to use the best custodians they can use. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to sure, do it. Kraken's, which, Kraken's like a bank now. So, you know, like maybe that's yeah. actually something to, you know, a degree of legitimacy there. But and still, I don't know that like it doesn't change the being trust relationship. Like it's not, this is anything but could be called decentralized. Right. And so, you know, and they're just going to give you some tokens on Ethereum that are represented by the tokens or by the Bitcoin that they locked for you in an exchange somewhere. So, you know, and that allows you to use it. But um, it's definitely not Bitcoin any more than Binance is Bitcoin when you have 
you know, when you're trading somebody on, on Binance. So it's equally like, Bitcoin. And, it's, it's, it's quote unquote equally Bitcoin as Tether is. Uh, Tether is dollars. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's right. just, it's redemptive to one institution and it's, it's completely up to them. Yet yeah, this, the, I didn't realize, like I assumed it was, you know, some just layer of obfuscation, but I thought it might be at least some like. Well, yeah, I do too. I assumed they had something. created some kind of like, I assumed they'd created some kind of like a cross chain lock or something. That yeah, happened. that's kind of what happened. And that's what tried to, actually they tried to do that. I forget the name of it. Um, with, I think it was the TBTC and somebody's going to listen to this and tell me how wrong I am, but somebody <laughs> tried to do that where it was like actually done cross chain. Um, but like somebody was able to exploit it within like two days and like somehow use like legacy <laughs> transactions or something to like yield the Bitcoin back or something. So like, yeah, that ah, experiment did is, not last long. Such is their so, solution so often. Yeah. Uh, so, dies. you know, um, so they have yet to be able to do it in some kind of like actually legitimate way where it would be like locked by your keys. Um, cause you'd think it'd be theoretically possible and it probably could be with a, with like a small fork or something, but like, um, maybe even, a, you know, it'd be cool if somebody figured that out because there'd actually be something to do that. I mean, it'd probably be a model for a side chain. Um, but yeah. that's a big problem. Like that's not something that you're just going to like code up for a couple of weeks <laughs> and figure out, you know? Yeah you could lock liquidity somehow without any way to steal it because you gotta because it's not just for yourself you're, you're minting this wbtc or whatever then you're going to trade it to other people so you're going to somehow be holding bitcoin that you don't own anymore as long as they hold the token like it's a mm. like you said you should be able a, to transfer the key without the key changing on bitcoin like, like right like mm, 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 that's gonna be hard to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh so the, so to do that in a way which would be like actually cool is state chains impossible right now yeah state chains is a is a, is actually sort of that kind of model you know exchanging the keys instead of the coins themselves um you have to somehow be able like the coins the the ethereum coin somehow be able to like sign for itself to unlock the bitcoin because you'd want that ethereum coin to somehow be the key owner of that bitcoin maybe maybe you could use an attachment to the like you could use the entire ethereum miners or stakers or whichever the hell is going to exist at whatever point in the future um which nobody knows um but let's say whoever is on ethereum you could have the entire ethereum network be the federated uh state chain the state chain federation for uh moving bitcoin keys that you would know, be that, that would be something <laughs> that uh that comes around to something you know there's so many little facets of this but um ethereum itself is like the worst is here's is the uh, oh you're gonna trigger somebody that, you're gonna trigger somebody so this hard is, this is this I is the you know, that i that i for all the things that you do on it <laughs> i know I know. Um, it kills me. That's why, that's why you know. That's why I say I'm allowed to shitcoin, but my friends aren't because I don't want their 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 reward centers in their brain getting messed up. They're too new. They haven't <laughs> drank as much as I have. Um, but they but, don't. They don't know how yeah. to manage their alcoholism. So you yeah, can't like, just don't drink. <laughs> it's like I can take six shots and drive, no problem. But you better not. Damn it. It's too, <laughs> you know. Oh, but uh, but uh, but so the analogy I give with like the theorem incentives how like kind of bad it is is 
it would be like as if Netflix um, allowed you to mine their payment portal. So like you had all these people like, you know, millions of dollars a day coming in to pay their Netflix bill. Um, and anybody who gave like, let's just say proof of work, hash power to that uh, payment pool, you would get that much percentage of the payment uh, that were being put in that day. So, you know, so if you could imagine if, if Netflix were like a blockchain thing and you get all these people hashing for the percent of that, those payments coming in, that makes sense. But now that's Ethereum, except nobody pays for any of the movies to be hosted and served to people. There's no reward to host all the Netflix content or to create any of the Netflix content. There's only a reward just there and mine the payments. So why does anybody host terabytes full of like HD, HDR movie content? Like somebody has to, otherwise nobody will pay, but nobody wants to. So what ends up happening is like one guy that basically has the biggest stake does it. And it's very, very, very centralized. And it never will yeah. not be centralized because from the very beginning, like there is no incentive for people to uh, equitably share in like hosting all of these files and running all these programs and doing all these things like you get it's essentially paid. the same problem of bsv and exactly. like i tried to talk like i tried to explain like like nobody is going to run a full node if running a full node is not attached to like like nobody's going to run the data like store all that data and it's like oh no we're going to re like literally think that they will rebuild the internet on top of a blockchain and i'm like <laughs> Which why would amazon to want to also house everything in google's servers and then uh -huh. mine on top of it to get fees that they're already getting directly to them like why it's would really that be ridiculous. a better deal for them and then i will literally get told oh well they'll then they'll just they, they'll select They'll pick and choose which op return data they want to actually house. And then they'll get paid selectively based on, you know, if people want that data or not. And, and I'm like, so like the internet, like <laughs> people will just house servers with whatever data they think is actually useful for whatever reason. And you will pay them for that. Like, because you didn't do anything. You didn't change anything. And the fact that you hashed it, if nobody's got the whole chain, nobody can verify any of the data, then hashing it doesn't do anything either. You got, it's just a yeah. waste of time and resources. It does nothing. So, There's no assurances, no guarantees, no immutability, nothing. So those are horrible incentives that lead to obvious centralization, which makes it very easy to control, very easy to censor if they want it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, and, so, and especially it's bad for proof of work. Now for proof of stake, you know, centralization is actually rewarded in proof of stake. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, sure, like in proof of stake, if I'm the owner of most tokens because I had a big pre-mine, and so now I'm making, you know, 30% of all of the network fees and, and inflation or whatever, mm -hmm. um, that's a big, like, you know, that's a big paycheck for me to make sure that the network's running nicely because I basically own it. I own this network, so I'm going to make sure that it has servers. I'm going to pay AWS to host all your Ethereum stuff mm -hmm. and or your BSV stuff because that's what's going yeah. to happen. They're going to put it on. I had a guy in BSV tell me one time if they would just back it up when it got too big and they wouldn't care. I said, well, where are you going to back it up? Because like, and he I thought it was going was to be face. the internet. Yeah, he told me BSV. Hard drive. <laughs> he told me BSV. He told me they would back it up 
on the chain. What? Wait, like Amazon was going to back up onto BSV? BSV was going to back up the miners with their full node once it got too big. They'll just back that up on BSV. So you're going to have like... What? What? It's like, this is too big for us. So we're going to put it all together and put it again on the same chain as a big redundant file on the, like... We're going to put our, we're going to back up our hard drive on the hard drive we already have. Yes, exactly. God, it's Holy so but anyway, uh, but anyway, uh, so, but that can't be representative of everybody though. Like uh, there's got to be some big... people who know who, who have reasonable, like, like I know at least Daniel Krawitz wouldn't say some dumb shit like that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't give him as much credit as people do. I don't like everybody. I think it's just because he was so early in Bitcoin. People Maybe. describe yeah. so much like um, wait to what people say just for being early to Bitcoin. Dude, Bitcoin OGs, like, stupid or not, Bitcoin OGs are still treated as OGs. Like, like, so so Kraus, for example, he's like, an, he's legitimately an idiot. I, I'm, I'd like to think that I can identify when it's like, even somebody smarter than me is saying something smart. Like when you talk, for example, you're way smarter than me. And I can, I don't have to understand all the economics to know like, yeah, that's actually some pretty. You like, flatter me. You flatter me. But, yeah, but but with when crowds talks like no i do not see it like i do not see any wisdom there it's like babble idiot shit it's stupid like <laughs> it's really dumb when he talks there's no i'm gonna have to wisdom. change i'm gonna have to hide your voice i'm gonna have to disguise it <laughs> um but anyway uh, <laughs> so so the proof of stake thing though not only is it very centralized and every shit coin has to find a way to make money on their shit coin ethereum had a pre-mine that's why they need to go proof of stake it's the only way that they will be able to uh, not around the money because right now they're having to compete with the free market to mine this thing to get some of the fees, but they have to pay all the bills. So it's like they have to compete with everybody on the free market, but they're the only ones that have to pay the bills because if they don't pay the bills, nobody will pay the bills, and because uh, there's no incentive to pay the bills. Yeah. Um. So so they're like you know bleeding their pre mine to pay salaries for all these people and to pay AWS fees for the nodes. Um, Obviously, like it won't last, and the way they're building is, is stupid. So, but they they need proof of stake so they can park that free money they got out of thin air for themselves, and then make perpetual income for doing literally nothing. Mm-hmm. Like they need that now. Now you know now they can pay the bills because they make a chunk of the money, and like it rewards their centralization. But what people I think are not realizing is like this is the same kind of system that we already have. Like Vitalik's kids are going to run Ethereum and not know anything about it. Like, you know, like these big stakeholders today, like it's, it's, it's going to be like, uh, what is it, oligarchy or It's a distribution. Like- it's funny, like, um, uh, what, was, what was the way? God bless, the wording was really great. Um, and now I can't even remember who it was. Might even been have- like Michael Saylor or somebody said it. <laughs> um, God, I, I don't remember, but it was something to do with the proof of work is like, distribution of uh the energy cost to protect bitcoin and uh proof of stake is just distribution of the authority to control uh uh-huh. like ethereum or you know whatever that's a really 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 good way of saying it and that ties into what i'm saying like you know if if, if vitalik has some like bratty kid that you know grows up to be 18 years old and hates ethereum but loves the money it makes him like he'll do whatever he wants to do he'll he'll yeah. sell it to fucking microsoft and let them put in you know, whatever. He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't understand it, and he doesn't care. And we've already um, seen the takeover, like, like what it looks like as like a hostile takeover, and how easy it is too. Was Tron 
um, uh, did the, the staking like uh, Steam, quote unquote. Yeah, Steam. Thank you. Um, the hostile takeover just by using the exchange. Just you know, bought the exchange, or, or was working with the exchange or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and uh, and they just had the most staking. So it's like, oh wait, well, this is what the network's going to do now. This this is this is our change. Good luck. Um, mm-hmm. and you have to you have to fork off to a minority network or you know whatever it is. Um, and hope that it doesn't completely obliterate the project. Those incentives are horrible. And so this is what, if I hope some Ethereum person listens to this, really, like this is what the, the, the Ethereum thought leaders are not understanding about Bitcoin. Like Bitcoin understands that power corrupts. Bitcoin understands that like, if you give even a little inch, like somebody's going to take that inch and, and like try to fit an elephant in it. Like, yeah. If they can, they will. That's why it's just no hard forks. That's why it's just like only, yeah. only in the absolute nuclear scenario is a hard fork even considered. If there's even a potential soft fork solution that can be made, that's it. Like because it's not about politicizing the monetary policy or the rules, the monetary rules in a different way. It's about removing them po- from the political discussion at all because that's what's unique about it is that it is digital yet it is the atoms of bitcoin are as defined and as clear as the atoms of gold there is no there is no governance token for what makes gold and what makes mercury or lead right around it like it just is gold or it is not gold that is what that is what bitcoin did it, it completely secured a monetary policy and a set of rules that is independent of all of our stupid bitching and subjective <laughs> values over like what might be or who should be in charge or what, which, that or any of the other things. Like all of that stuff is nonsense. And we recognize that it's all nonsense and it should not be part of the discussion because then we have an independent money that even one person who hates another person can independently trust. It is money for enemies because nobody controls it. That is the value, not because mm-hmm. we control it in a different way. Yeah, and that it's completely immune to oversaturation. You yeah, know. It's, it <clears throat> only does things that are sustainable within the ecosystem of Bitcoin. Like anything external to it or any inflation, it's just it's not part of the game. It's, right. it, it is a closed loop of uh, Bitcoin within Bitcoin. And we don't even take outside information and put it on there like we know that it's all of that stuff is pointless like there's no guarantees you can't you can't put voting on the blockchain and you know as soon as human input is in it it's arbitrary it's it's meaningless Mm -hmm. um so the rules are about the things within bitcoin and that's why it has assurances that's why it has the the most um the most powerful economic and financial assurances as anything in the world there's nothing there's no bank, you, there's no ledger, yeah. there's no nothing anywhere that can possibly give you the guarantee of accuracy, of settlement, of uh, you definitely own it, and there's nobody that can contest this as Bitcoin, period, hands mm-hmm. down, no questions asked. Yeah, if you're holding on to sushi token or whatever, and you think, <laughs> like, you're holding a super, 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 super shitty, you're holding a super, super, super shitty version of, of something that's you know, if you could call it a version of Bitcoin, it is like very, very down on the totem pole there because you're you're holding something which is a copy of something which is a copy of something which will be copied tomorrow. Like, you know, 
uh, and the you're incentives gonna be, that you're going to be wanting to dump all your sushi for sashimi tomorrow morning. <laughs> exactly. And actually somebody will make a program where you steak sushi and get sashimi. Literally what's happening. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> and the sashimi will not even have a reason to Toji help us. <laughs> so, um, so I hope that nobody is taking away from this. that They need to go play in that casino or definitely there's no future there. Like I got, friends that try to talk if they do they deserve it let them take whatever stupid risk they want all we can do is inform you don't (laughs) understand man like DeFi thing is just beginning like uh, the same guys that tell me that are the same guys that are like buying the tail end of the newest ponzi scheme and i'm watching them because they'll tell me to buy it you know and i'll watch it yeah and like they're they don't get what's happening like they just see it as like i don't know some kind of ethereal new tech like there's incentives there. There are incentives there that are playing out and they're playing out predictably. Yeah. And that's why, um, you know, <laughs> I would hate to be somebody that bought Ethereum. Um, I happen to have, you know, a little Ethereum for paying fees on Uniswap and whatever right now. And like, if you look in my portfolio, like for the week, like right around when the DeFi, whatever hype started like blowing up, if you bought Ethereum at that time, like the Ethereum, I had just a little bit, it's down over 15% in my, in my wallet, whereas the Bitcoin's only down in the same period, like 1.1%. Like you're getting- Wait, Ethereum, since the DeFi mess, Ethereum is actually down in Bitcoin? Well, not since the very beginning. If you got in like before anybody was saying, oh, new DeFi hype, then yeah. You're I was meaning like, yeah, at the, at the hype though. Like, no, but if you bought like, if you bought like, oh my God, this DeFi thing is blowing up. Like, yeah, if you bought that, Ethereum went up to like 450 and now it's 346. Oh, wow. So you lost like 25% no of your, of your, Oh fuck Bitcoin. I'm going to buy Ethereum. It moons every day. Like you're down 25% in sats. Um, that's and that's what the standard. That's like, standard. like, you know, the thing is like somebody goes, well, Bitcoin never pumps like the shit coins do. Sure. They'll go up. It's Cause it's actually 30%. liquid and huge. <laughs> <laughs> they'll go up 30% when Bitcoin goes up 10%. But then when Bitcoin goes down 5%, they'll dump 40%. And this just happens. Which we have like, seen. This just happened. Yeah, this happens all the time. So sure, if you're like some genius trader, obviously you can make money on this kind of volatility. Like if you get in right before every shitcoin pump and you get out before Bitcoin dumps, you'll make money. <laughs> but like, you know, obviously good luck trying to do that. If you're holding the shitcoin though, I like, wish you the bleeding shots. If you're holding a shitcoin, if you're holding Ethereum, like, well, what if just in case I want to hedge, just in case, like, oh God. There's no hedge there except for like, anyway, you're going to bleed sats. There's no chance. Like if you're thinking like I'm going to hedge Apple with this penny stock. I'm just holding a little BCH or a little uh, Ethereum as a hedge. Like if you think that there's any chance that that is like, like you're not understanding what's going on. If you think that they are like, it's not a popularity contest. I have to tell people it's not like people think it's popularity contest because the stock market, the stock market, you can take for granted that the, the assets themselves on the market will continue to exist. That like, you know, your Tesla stock at whatever it's worth, it's not like the Tesla computer is going to collapse. And even though everybody was buying the stock, like you can't sell it anymore because the network broke. Like you yeah. can take for granted that it is There's a actually capital contest. assets in a business there. Well, but not only that, what I'm referring to is like the fact that you can buy the stock. You don't have to think about the infrastructure on the oh, stock. Oh, side. I see what you mean. Yeah, You yeah, don't yeah. have to think that like 
So in that sense, it's a part, if everybody decides to bet on Tesla or this, whatever, if there's some dumb company that's really dumb and everybody decides to bet on it, like you can sustain that company probably indefinitely on speculation. And like, if it wins the popularity contest, it'll be a massive stock and massive gains for everybody. In crypto, they take for granted it's the same way. Some people think that if everybody decides with their smart brain, they want to buy Ethereum instead of Bitcoin, that they'll just all get rich because there'll be way more money in Ethereum. But they don't realize is it's not like the stock market. That underlying network does not have a right to exist. Nobody, it doesn't, they're not going to like boot it up again. If it, like the fat infrastructure and those incentives suck, that network collapses. It doesn't matter how many people bought it, you lose. Yeah. Like it's not a popularity contest in the same way. It matters what the network incentives are. Yeah. And, and can, what's funny is the break. more... The more and more valuable it becomes, particularly if it's got a broad attack surface, the more and more valuable it becomes, the more money there is, the, the more powerful the incentive to try to kill the thing, um, mm -hmm. to, to short, to bet against well, it. It's going to um, break under its own weight. Like you can't have... Yeah, that, that too. Like, you they, know, particularly they're, they're if they increasing, think it's going to scale blocks, indefinitely. They've been increasing block sizes. They're already trying to make excuses for like not needing to hold you know, any archive information, because who could, like, you're going to yeah. have like one company being paid to do all the telling you what the history is. Like you might as well be the fed. Like you yeah. might as well be like, you know, like, Hey, we trust this one company. Why would they lie? Like, it's like why the would they stay consistent? Like, like <laughs> why after like the span of time that like some people are going to be coming in and out of that company, it's going to change owners why could you, how could you possibly expect it not to lie to you at some point? Mm -hmm. Like that's the whole and point of this is that we people know don't that is an inevitability. Yeah. And people don't understand like how clever people get when they can be. You know, if you gave me full control of like Ethereum history and, and governance, you know, before you know it, I'd add some innocuous little rule that said like, well, if the wallet hasn't moved in X amount of time, you know, maybe we'll just like recirculate that into the foundation, you know, and, most people won't even know that that's happening and the ones that do and whatever yeah, little Ethereum forms. How many would check be... and how would you, how, and, how would you contest that, you know? Yeah. And then before you know it, I'm thinking, well, you know, just like the United States has done with some of their like, well, technically we're not going to spy on any American citizens. Oh, but yeah, yeah. Even though that's a law, like, you know, we've got some kind of other obscure law here that maybe, well, technically this guy's kind of American, kind of not. I could like, well, technically this money was kind of like an old wallet, but kind of not like, but statistically we know that there was probably some money there. So statistically I could say that, you know, it's probably like an extra 200,000 ether that I probably could get. We just don't want to expend the resources to find it. So, <laughs> you know, like we're just going to use statistics and math and we're going to just say that, uh, you know, I'm owed 200,000 Ethereum a day and who the fuck is going to like, that's how it happens. Like, before you know, like there's nobody checking me. It's just my rules and my little logic. And I'm just printing money again. Like we're back yeah. to printing money again. Um, and that's like very inevitable in my opinion um, that you're either going to print money or you're going to you know, find more ways to give more money to yourself because that's what the incentives are. And nobody can, can check. If there's like, no defensive measure against it. If there's no... Uh, if there's no spectrometer to prove that it is gold, you know, to prove yeah. that it is the exact same asset from beginning to end with consistent rules, full nodes, if they, if they don't exist, then it's going to get abused. It just, it just is. Um, seems like it's just Inevitable. a matter of time. Yeah. If you want something that protects you from that, Bitcoin is the only choice. Run a full node.
Yeah. Be a Bitcoin OG. <laughs> you can be an OG today. You can buy it's Bitcoin today. First class Bitcoin and, uh, citizen, baby. Anybody buying Bitcoin today is still going to be like seen as a genius in, 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 in 20 years. Uh, so in my opinion. So. Yeah. And you don't that ask is, anybody to, and it's not about like, who do I ask whether or not I own this Bitcoin? I ask myself, I ask my node. My node tells me if I own mm, Bitcoin. You are the Bitcoin network. I am. Which is, which is beautiful. I mean, it really is. Uh, it really is beautiful. Like, you know, when I hear these people say, well, the network is going to, and I'm like, dude, you're the network. Don't tell me like what the network's going to do. Like there's, I don't have to ask anybody anything. Like I'm running Bitcoin. I am the Bitcoin network. The Bitcoin code is right there doing exactly what it's supposed to do. And you know, anything other than that is not Bitcoin. So. That is probably a great place to stop this episode. <laughs> um, dude, thank you so much for this. Uh, if this continues, uh, maybe for the next one, we should talk about governance tokens. Uh, since that has come up recently and uh, that is another very fun and confusing and ridiculous topic. And hopefully Bitcoiners go for this. Hopefully they uh, enjoy this. But uh, uh, this was a wonderful episode. I had a blast. I told you we'd have fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you for joining me on the first Shitcoin Insider. Good, sir. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, man. I'll catch you later. I hope you had as much fun listening to this as we did recording and digging into all of this stuff. And honestly, I would love to do this again, um, but I want to know what you guys think. Are you interested? Do you want to keep hearing about shitcoins? Uh, does it matter to you? Let me know. Subscribe to the show. Uh, throw me some feedback on Twitter at the Cryptoconomy or at Bitcoin Audible, either or. I am very curious to hear your thoughts. But for now, we are out. And maybe I'll catch you on the next episode of Shitcoin Insider. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business.